It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 934 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, April the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. we got team-focused shows covering all of your favorite teams. And also, we have some big national shows for you to check, check out including our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, the NFL Mock Draft Special on its own special podcast feed on your favorite podcast app and Odyssey Sports. It is a wonderful, wonderful production. Six parts. It wrapped up yesterday. You can still go listen to it before Thursday's draft if you are an NFL head and want to know who your team might take. The local experts as well as the Odyssey Sports crew of insiders like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. So get on in there. Subscribe, rate, review, support that. Very, very awesome podcast. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Locker Room, who are changing the way we talk about sports. Download the app today and jump on in this Friday as myself, Vivek, and probably Katie will be doing another Locker Room Raptors mailbag, taking your questions. It's always fun. We've got a nice little group of people building up in there, and we appreciate you very, very much. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports more than them a little bit later on in the show. Okay, on today's show, we are talking about a Raptors 112-96 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday night. A win that coupled with a Wizards loss to the Spurs in OT, 146-143 in a wild-ass game, pulls the Raptors to within one game 
of the plan, and that's fun. That's cool. You like to see it. Anytime a win streak, as long as the Wizards had, gets snapped, that makes things a little bit easier as the Raptors attempt attempt to chase them down. Um, not going to dive too much, honestly, into the play-in ramifications today. We dial, we talked a lot about it with Vivek yesterday, and not much has changed. The Wizards still have the inside track with the easier schedule and all that, but the Raptors certainly stand a chance of making it, and uh, you could put your money on them and making it, and that'd be totally fine and a reasonable bet to make. Uh, today, though, I do have some takeaways from the game that I want to dive into. My biggest takeaway off the top has to do with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. We'll get to that. Also want to dive into Malachi Flynn and Yutawata Nabe, who I thought were excellent off the bench in this one. And then I want to dive in the final segment into a bit of a trend that I've kind of noticed that was really just kind of made apparent with an extreme example of it tonight, where the Raptors are all of a sudden pretty good at getting to the rim and scoring at the basket and getting to the free throw line, which is a thing that was foreign and unheard of at the start of the season and now is uh, pretty exciting and is a thing that they, I think, can hang their hats on and look as a thing that they can kind of work into their plans for next season and what the offense might look like. We'll get to that in the final segment. Before we get to that, though, do want to get into my big takeaway for the game, which is that Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi are freaking here. And watching those two guys kind of grow together right now and watching them in a lot of ways, put the team on their backs. You know, Fred Van Vliet has been a little bit up and down since returning. He had the nice game against the Knicks on Saturday, but, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's clearly not 100% from where he was before he contracted COVID in uh, March or whatever the hell month that was, the hell month that I repressed from my memory. I believe it was March. And Siakam and OG in that time have really kind of staked their claim as like, this is our team. (laughs) And... It's really exciting. I, I think OG, you know, he's the one who I think is deser- deserving of a lot of plaudits and is receiving the most plaudits right now just because this is sort of a breakout we're seeing from him right now. He's got four games in a row now, over 20 points. Him and Siakam in four straight games played together over 20, which is very nice. And we're continuing to see that improved, you know, the dexterity around the basket. I mean, tonight he was nine of 10 on twos. He went 0 of 5 from three and still finished with 20 on 15 shots. Because he can't miss around the basket right now. His finishes are creative. They're acrobatic. They are, you know, they're ambidextrous. He's finishing with both hands. It's really thrilling to kind of watch him step into this new offensive role as he's taken up a lot of the usage after Norm Powell left. And obviously Gary Trent was eating up a lot lot of that too. But we're seeing a lot more usage funneled towards OG right now. And he's doing a lot with it and his true shooting is not really wavering and he's continuing to have the efficiency while also sprinkling in some menacing, horrifying defensive possessions as well. Like he had late in this game, I believe on Darius Garland in the fourth quarter where he just kind of ruined him and then walked off the floor for the rest of the game with two minutes left and it becoming garbage time, basically at his hand with that incredible defensive stop in the corner. You know, Ananobi has been a treat to watch all season long. This progression is not exactly new. He's been doing it for quite a while. He had those huge games early on before he originally got hurt, where, you know, against Indiana, for example, the 32, where he defended everybody on the Pacers for a given time over the course of that game. You know, it's been a lot of fun to watch OG kind of step into this new role. And it is boating extremely well for what's coming up next year you know just what we're seeing right now and i made the joke a couple times tonight and i don't think it's a joke i think it's actually a legitimate thing to believe like oh gee if you wanted to put money on him winning most improved player next year 
that might be a pretty good bet. <laughs> like, I think it was a bit premature to expect that to happen this year for him, as it was his first year kind of being more than just a role player in the offense. And he seems to be getting comfortable. He seems to be figuring out his limitations or lack thereof. And I think we could see that all applied to next season and a really sort of legitimate full season breakout could be in the cards here for Ananobi. If we, if we're seeing what we've, what he's capable of, and this is sustainable for the course of a full season over the last you know month here. Or so damn dude, it's going to get pretty exciting pretty quickly with Ananobi. And that's awesome. Also awesome is that, Pascal Siakam, very quietly, and we talked about this yesterday with Vivek and sort of his underappreciated improvement over the course of this season. I, I think I've been kind of inching towards this take for a while, and I think I'm at it now. Pascal Siakam is just very clearly, to me, the best player on the Raptors. And I don't say that lightly. As someone who has been referring to Kyle Lowry as the best player on the team since 2013, he's always been the best player on the team. He was better than Kyle Obviously, there was the one year with Kawhi where he wasn't that, but other than that, he's been the best player on the Raptors through his entire run. I think Pascal Siakam has now supplanted him, and I don't know if it's particularly close. The metrics for Kyle on the floor, while he remains awesome, and while I continue to want him back next season, he had 9, 5, and 10 tonight, a perfect Kyle game. His playmaking's outstanding. I don't want that to go anywhere. But, you know, his on-court metrics, the the impact metrics, the driving of winning has not quite been the same with Lowry as it has been in the past. And Siakam's on-court metrics are very positive, and he continues to drive winning in addition to adding a whole bunch to his game. Yes, the three-point shooting is down. Basically, everything else he does is improved or not at all regressing. You know, he's a playmaker now. The five assists a game, we continue to see that, the sort of heads-up passing and um, improving the sort of repertoire of passes he has on hand. That's been a consistent thing throughout the season. The playmaking, that's sort of the thing that's unlocked a lot of things, but we're seeing the same scoring efficiency we saw in a lot of ways last year. I believe with this game, he's going to be very close to being right back up to his true shooting from last season, and that's with a worse supporting cast. It's with all the circumstances of this season baked in. It's really encouraging and promising for next season as sort of things you would hope go back to normal here and Siakam can build on what has been a really productive last month or so here and honestly that kind of undercuts what was mostly a pretty good season for Siakam outside of the part where he got COVID and the part where in the first 10 games of the season he was pretty brutal and it seemed like maybe the yips from the bubble had carried over that's long gone now he's continuing to score with efficiency the three-point shot seems to be coming back a little bit. Seven made threes in the last two games. Uh, I'm super high on Siakam, and I'm super high on the Siakam and Anobi pairing and what they can mean. You know, when you're thinking about building a basketball team in 2021, you can't really go wrong with a 6'8 and a six foot nine pair of forwards who can play the two and the three. They can play the three and the four. They can play the four and the five. They can defend literally one through five, the both of them. And it's not a problem. It's not hyperbolic to suggest that they are a handful of guys. There are a handful of guys in the league who can actually guard one through five. And the Raptors have two of them starting for them. And, <laughs> and they're both in their early to mid primes. It, you know, it's, I think you take it for granted sometimes uh, as Raptors fans, you know, when you sort of think about what the team has had and all they've gone through to sort of build the championship team and all they've had to part with and all that. And, you know, you kind of long for those championship days. And obviously this season has been so rough. There's been a lot of bad feelings, but it's easy to overlook the perfect pairing of guys to build a team with and to start the next era of this team with being Ananobi and Siakam. Like the, it's just in modern basketball, 
it's hard to top that set of players' styles to start with. And obviously, this is not cutting out Fred Van Vliet from the core. This is not cutting out anybody. This is not any sort of slight against Fred Van Vliet. He just is not six foot eight and six foot nine. You know, that's just the reality of the situation. And Ananobi and Siakam. I mean, who knows where things are going to go with OG? I, I don't want to put any sort of limit on him because the growth this season has been very real. The refinement with the ball in his hands. I mean, think about the start of the year. He was kicking it around. He could barely dribble. That's improved substantially over the course of the season. I'm not putting any sort of limit on what he can be. Ultimately, you're probably going to have to find some sort of star to sort of complement those guys and offer a little bit more scoring punch that maybe they can't do in crunch time of big games, whatever it might be. But to start out with those guys, it means that whenever a star does arrive, whether it's through trade, whether it's through the draft, free agency, whatever it could be, they're going to enter into a team that is ready to compete and win high leverage basketball games right away because they have two of the best defenders in the world starting in their front court and able to diversify, you know, make any different lineup work. You can play big, small, medium, whatever it might be, and those guys can make it happen. It's very, very exciting and i uh you know tonight's game was a pretty good reminder of that as they were clearly the two best players on the floor for the raptors the third best player on the floor for the raptors i thought came off the bench in this one we're going to talk about malachi flynn coming up as well as yuta watanabe who i thought had a really nice bench game too we'll get to those guys in just one second but first gotta tell you about our friends over at locker room and a little bit more depth locker room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league that you'll love it is the first social audio platform made for sports fans and it's free to download and once you're in you can talk to me other fans athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite sport or team and i'll be hosting rooms on locker room every week for the foreseeable future we did one last friday we're doing another one this friday friday morning at 10 a.m with vivek hopefully katie as well it's going to be a ton of fun. You have a chance to chat with me. You might even have a chance to be featured on a Locked On Raptors episode, as sometimes, as I did last week, I'll repurpose those conversations for the podcast. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a really great little community we've built up there. Some regular faces we see getting a bit of uh, you know rapport going with some folks in there. It's a lot of fun. Join the fun. Go download the free Locker Room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Sean Woodley to be notified when my rooms go live. And I know you don't want to miss it. I'll be planning once again on this Friday, 10 a.m. Uh, was subject to change just based on scheduling, but that is the plan right now. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Raptors. See you there. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here in just one second. Just a reminder, though, that we have Locked On shows covering your other favorite Toronto sports teams. We've got Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews covering the Jays as they continue to survive and tread water as they have half their lineup out with injuries. Sound familiar? A Toronto team playing in Florida with no players available? Stunning. Um, George Springer is probably back this week, though, and AJ will have that covered for you, which will be tons of fun as we watch George Springer start to hit bombs for your Blue Jays and, of course, Mike DiStefano covering Locked On Leafs and uh, the Leafs who are getting ready for the playoffs very soon here as well, doing a great job on that show. All right, let's 
get to some flowers for the bench, shall we? Malachi Flynn in this one. I mean, after I was very, very perturbed at his six minutes played against the Knicks on Saturday, Nick Nurse comes out and says, all right, fine, we'll play Malachi Flynn. We'll play him 24 whole ass minutes. We'll play him in some important high leverage minutes in the fourth quarter as well, kind of in like pseudo closing lineups. It never really got to like actual closing time in the fourth. They were kind of up 15 the whole time, but he was in those minutes. He was maintaining that lead and we got to see some pretty valuable flashes, I think, from him playing next to Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, which I love to see. You know, I think he's a lot sort of better off not having to do all of the work with these sort of offensively deficient lineups. You know, they threw out the hockey change lineup, which I don't know why they keep doing it. I don't know what the rationale is. I haven't heard a good explanation for it from Nurse. I'm not sure anyone's even asked him about it, really. It doesn't make any sense. Like a Gillespie, Watanabe, Flynn, Hood, Benbury lineup is not going to do it for you. And it's unfair to ask Flynn to make things work for that lineup, I think. But when you play him with better players, you play him with starters, you play him with another point guard to work off of, things work out pretty well. He also seems to have this thing where over the course of a game, he kind of gets his sea legs and he gets into the flow of things and he becomes just an absolute assassin in the third and fourth quarters. And we saw that again tonight. Rough first half for him, didn't really get into the flow of the game, kind of passive, a little bit timid as we've seen pretty routinely. But instead of having that first stretch kind of be the end of his night like it was on Saturday where he just played six minutes, the 24 minutes here, it was a vote of confidence to keep going back to him in the second half, and the scoring followed. 18 points for him, 4 of 6 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 8 of 8 from the line as well, got fouled on a 3, continues to do a good job getting to the basket as well. We're going to get to that part once again in the final segment, talking about how that's become a bit of a strength for the team. Flynn is part of that, and just an overall... Really nice performance, the 18 and 5 and 5 for Flynn. And I, I, you know, you can't not play him minutes. You know, Blake Murphy pointed out, I never want to see Malachi Flynn play single digit minutes again. I'm with you, Blake. That's the right take to have. He is, I think, right now, the sixth best player on the Raptors, even when Chris Boucher is healthy. I don't think that's wild. I don't think that's like a super hot take. I think he is a really reliable, nice player to have. And, you know, I also feel for him because he got picked up his first turnover of the night. It was a turnover-free evening for him until he dribbled up the clock for sportsmanship reasons in the final minute and handed the ball over to a ref. And that was a turnover, which is lame and dumb. And, uh, you know, again, the ball security from a guy who's a rookie point guard with no seasoning time beforehand is uh, a really, really nice thing. A nice feather in the cap for a rookie to have going into next season and beyond. Another bench guy I want to give a shout out to is Yuta Watanabe, who had nine points in this one, four of four shooting, one of one from deep. And I guess my big sort of takeaway from Yuta in this game, and this is, I think I'm going to just implore everybody to do this. Part of the, what I enjoyed about this game so much, and this was a pretty fun game, all told. The Raptors looked pretty good, clean offensively. The Siakam OG experience was nice. Kem Birch scoring 14 points after the game, by the way. He said it was the easiest 14 points he'd ever scored because Kyle Lowry was just feeding him biscuits to dunk into the basket. Um, and, you know, <laughs> shout out to Kyle getting big men paid and getting them using buckets. But um, in terms of the thing I enjoyed most about this game, one of the most enjoyable stretches, I just kind of spent five or six possessions in a row watching Yuta Watanabe cut off ball. It's an absolute delight to watch him do that. He is so smart, always cuts with the most ferocity. He has in complete intention when he does it. And he 
just kind of creates things out there just by moving his body. He'll sort of leverage the traffic kind of moving through the paint, and then all of a sudden he appears as the only guy in the paint after cutting in from the corner, and it's it's like, okay, cool, easy bucket for him underneath. He's always moving off the ball when he's in the corner, you know, just kind of spacing for three. He'll sort of rotate around the perimeter depending on where the ball handler is, and he's constantly kind of relocating. You like to see that. Obviously, he's become quite good at coming off of pin downs as they've kind of flexed his muscles a little bit when it comes to those catch-and-shoot threes off of of screens. Um, He's just a really good off-ball mover. He's a really freaking smart basketball player, and that IQ, you know, combined with his increased confidence and the stroke that seems to be developing. I did not think we'd be at the point where I'm just as excited by Utah's offense as I am by his defense this season. And it absolutely has come far quicker than I ever expected because I love watching Utah play offense now, you know, because you know, there's a potential of him actually finishing a play, which was not the case before he would pass up shots. He would miss shots, whatever it was. Not the case now. He's putting himself in the place to get wide open shots with his cutting. And I uh, am fully signing off on the Utah Watanabe experience and fully ready to pencil him into the second unit next season as he continues this growth. Hopefully continues. Hopefully he's able to sort of work on things in the offseason, become an even more refined offensive player. But, you know, he's a guy who's going to stick. He's a smart-ass basketball player, good at defense, a monster on defense, who also is now sprinkling in a lot of offensive utility, kind of fits perfectly as like a fifth option who's leveraging the attention being paid to everybody else. And then all of a sudden, oh shit, there's Utah with a dunk. And that's a pretty damn good way to finish off a possession. So just wanted to give Flynn and Utah Watanabe their love for really, really nice games overall against the Cavaliers and kind of, I think overcoming a pretty down game for the bench in general. You know, Freddie Gillespie in this one, don't think he was at his best. Just six points, just two boards as well. A couple of rough games for him in a row. Doesn't change my feelings on him. I think he's a really nice guy to have, and I hope they keep him around long term, um, or at least beyond this season. But, you know, not the kind of, I think, an important return back to earth a little bit for Freddie Gillespie, kind of like the Gary Trent Jr. regression we've seen recently. Like it's nice when they when these guys kind of overachieve early on, but also I think it's important for us to realize, look, they're not, you know, Freddie Gillespie is not going to be the best backup center alive right away. It's going to take some time. There's still some rawness there. He needs to kind of, I think, figure out how to make himself a target in the pick and roll, especially with Flynn. Flynn seems to kind of look for him, but he gets kind of lost in the, in the mass of bodies and is not really vertical enough to make himself a threat there. So I think he needs to kind of adjust there. Maybe it's doing the Ken Birch thing where instead of rolling immediately and hard right away, he kind of takes his time, delayed rolls, and then kind of walks into an open bucket. That kind of thing I think Gillespie still needs to work on. The offensive game is going to need some honing and fine-tuning, but... Um, you know, nothing to be too, too worried about. I don't think, I don't think he's in jeopardy of losing any sort of end of season contract or anything like that, but certainly I I think a bit of a reminder that he's not a perfect basketball player just yet. Uh, not in the way Ken Birch is, of course, who is 100% perfect and beautiful. And I love watching him play basketball. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for my bench thoughts. I'm going to get to my thoughts on the Raptors getting to the basket and getting to the line and scoring around the rim with proficiency. You love to see it in a game like this. I don't know if the Raptors win a game like this earlier on in the season where their three-point shot was evading them pretty much all night long. 
I'll get to that coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com who are saving you money on car parts in a way that the mechanic just does not want to save you money on car parts. The mechanic is trying to charge you as much as they can, and the rockauto.com folks are trying to charge you as little as they can. It's pretty simple. Just go to rockauto.com, and they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is so easy to navigate. It's also unique and just one of a kind. You, you go in there, you type in the make model year you want. It works beautifully. It pulls up the exact parts and you get options. You get brand specifications and prices to choose from. That is wonderful. You love to have choice as opposed to the mechanic just saying, here you go. This is what you get and this is what you pay. RockAuto.com is not about that. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us? Box to know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at RockAuto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag, and they're the best place to go to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. I've been watching so much baseball. It's like a lovely late-night sport as the NBA continues to have terrible, terrible basketball on the floor all the time. Uh, I'd much rather watch a Dodgers and Padres game, as you should too, and you should bet your money on those Padres and Dodgers games as well, or any other baseball game. They also have a ton of sports action this week on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. That's the betting sport. Horse racing is what you bet on. It's like the the OG of betting sports. So get in on the action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA, Kentucky Derby, and of course, as we love to talk about, Greek basketball, baby! Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to their website, use the mobile device today, sign up, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word, at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we continue on here with a last sort of thought on this Raptors game against the Cavaliers. As I said before the break, I don't think this is a game the Raptors win earlier this season, where if you recall, they were selling out for three-point shots because their half-court offense was kind of stuck in mud. They were learning the Chris Finch scheme a little bit, and they just, you know, they, they couldn't get to the basket. They couldn't generate penetration. Aaron Baines was clocking up the lane. Um, you know, no one was kind of in tune. It, it was a rough go. OG Ananobi had yet to kind of discover what he is now. Pascal Siakam, frankly, was settling quite a bit for threes before the threes evaded him so much that he just had to start going to the basket. And lo and behold, it works. Turns out, spin move, good, hard to stop. He's very good at it. Um, so I, I think... Over the course of this season, I think the Raptors have improved at some things here and there. I think their defense has gotten a little bit tighter. They've been able to um, play their scheme a little bit more these last couple of weeks after the changes in the front court and all that. Um, you know, I think they've improved in some areas. There's obviously been a lot of individual improvement, but I think as a team, the thing the Raptors have done the best is they've learned how to score at the basket and how to get to the rim. <laughs> and I think that is a really important thing going forward and not only get to the rim but also get to the free throw line which has been a bugaboo 
kind of ever since Kawhi Leonard left, you know, Pascal Siakam still learning his way as a number one guy getting to the line. That's improved over the course of this season. Absolutely. Which is great. Um, you know, we've also seen, you know, the, the strides from Fred Van Vliet and, and yes, he still struggles with his ability to finish over size and contact and stuff like that, but he's gotten better in that regard. He's got mid range into his game now as well. Uh, and you know, he's, he's also like the leader league leader in driving into the paint and generating touches for other guys based off of those drives. So that's a nice little thing that's been added to the mix for the Raptors. I think Malachi Flynn has been a nice little addition as well when it comes to getting to the basket. He is quick. He can blow by guys. He can get to the basket pretty comfortably. Eight free throws again tonight. Uh, obviously an outlier number for him, but still we're seeing that they're just a little bit more comfortable not leaning into the three. They were just eight of 29 on threes in this game. They were only one of 15 in the first half, if I if my numbers are correct, and they only trailed at the half by one point. Sorry, they led by one point at the half if uh, yeah 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 they're up 49 48 and they did so after going one of 15 from three the team earlier in the season would not have done that like the only time they could win games where they weren't hitting threes were when the other team was also not hitting threes like when the knicks went three of 30 they were so dependent on making their threes to start the year it's just not the case anymore and now they have a bunch of guys who are very good three-point shooters that's to be sure and lots of guys who are happy to put them up but it's not the be all end all because OG can now bully his way to score over anybody and dunk on anybody. And he's working on that mid range game. That's another little element they have. That's not relying on threes. You've got Siakam again, sort of, I think rediscovering the fact that he's six foot nine and no one can stay in front of him. And his spin move is unstoppable. And he's acting on that. And he's, you know, converting around the basket with efficiency and regularity. Um, You know, I think we've seen Fred Van Vliet once again, you know, he's still going to lean three heavy, obviously, but he's improved at getting to the basket and scoring in close quarters and, you know, using his ass to move people out of the way. Um, and I also just think the fact that Ken Birch now is just there to mop up and sort of score seven times in, in close. That's not nothing. And those are easy buckets. The Raptors were just not getting earlier this season with Aaron Baines bricking everything or standing out on the perimeter and, and bricking his threes. You know, they're just the elements at play here just kind of work a lot better for healthy half court offense. And I, I think it's just a super notable thing to just remark upon and kind of tuck away for next season in particular, when they look to try to recapture what they were before recapture the magic. And I, I think their offense looks like it's going to have a lot more balance going forward because of the internal growth we've seen from guys like Ananobi, Siakam, Van Vliet, Flynn in particular. And on down you know it's just uh and even deandre benbury's kind of part of that too where he's constantly cutting for dunks and stuff like that as well um you know i i I, you know it's a small thing you know the threes are still obviously going to be a huge dictator in this crazy out of control offensive season but this game where they were you know an outlier bad shooting night (laughs) where they had a bad shooting night sorry an outlier bad shooting night they were outstanding from in close they were by my numbers here 35 of 50 from two really nice percentage to have. Um, and it just, again, it, it's not going to be that high all the time, but it does speak to, I think, a notable improvement that the Raptors have shown this season, not only in finishing from twos, but also getting to the free throw line. I believe they're just seventh now in the league in terms of free throw rate. That's a really important thing to sort of have in your ledger as well. The easy points, man. It's not hard. <laughs> it's uh, 
it's it's just basic math. Getting easy points is good for you in terms of trying to win basketball games, and they're doing that with a lot more proficiency, and that you love to see. And with that note now jotted down, uh, I think that's probably a good place to leave this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, your support is deeply, deeply appreciated. I'll be back again on Wednesday morning to talk about the Nets game. Hopefully, Katie's going to join me for that. I'm going to get someone on to talk about the Nets game afterwards. Uh, big game for your Toronto Raptors as uh, Kevin Durant's back, baby. And uh, it'll become more difficult, although the Raptors seem to have no problem vanquishing Kevin Durant teams in recent years. <laughs> Uh, I'm a little bit dubious about that holding up tomorrow, but we'll see on the back-to-back. At least it's a home back-to-back where they're not traveling or anything like that. But yes, we know they've been quite bad on back-to-backs this season. Regardless, we're breaking that game down for Wednesday morning. And uh, yeah, as always, go listen to the other Locked On stuff that we have out there for you, covering all of your favorite teams and all the big four sports and the NCAA. Uh, find your shows on all your favorite podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, and of course, Odyssey, which is a new app, uh, revamped from the old intercom. And it is fantastic. You should definitely listen to your podcast on Odyssey. They're very, very good. Anyway. All right. Talk to you Wednesday with another episode of locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.